Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> this week is Parshas Tetzaveh, and it is also Parshas Zachar, and uh, Purim is coming up. So we'll be learning the halachas of Purim, uh, as though before Purim and before Tainus Esther, we have this week Parshas Zachar, which the prevalent minig among women is to go, even though it's not 100% clear that women are obligated in Parshas Zachar, but that is the overwhelming minig. Uh, so everybody definitely should make a big effort to go, if possible. If for whatever reason a woman can't make it to uh, Parashat Zachar, and for whatever reason she could make it to the Kriya Satira Purim morning, that can stand in as a substitute for Parashat Zachar. So Purim, it's really, it's a different thing that we lane. In uh, Parashat Zachar we lane the end of Parashat Kiseitze, Vayabaya Malek, and I'm sorry, not Vayabaya Malek, the end the last three sukkim of Parashat Vayetze, which are the mitzvah to remember Amalek, and on Purim we lane the Vayabaya Malek, which is in Parashat Bishalach. But nevertheless, it's a, um, it's a good second option, should that occur for whatever reason. Moving on to uh, Tainus Esther, so Tainus Esther is, uh, like every other Tainus, except for Tishabav and Yom Kippur, pregnant and nursing women do not have to fast, and that's even if it's at the very beginning of a pregnancy. And if a person gets sick and sick enough to go to bed, they don't have to fast, and not only they don't have to fast, they shouldn't fast. And a Tainus Esther is actually even more lenient than other fasts, and it doesn't even require necessarily very sick uh, as much as pain. So in other words, if a person is <coughs> suffering, from something, any any kind of ailment, that also would um, absolve them of the need to fast. The Tainus begins at Aloy Sashachar, which is a little bit early um, this year. It's about 520. Uh, so you could wake up to uh, earlier than that and eat, should you desire to do so. And you just should have that in mind before you go to sleep. If someone mistakenly ate during a Tainus, you are supposed to continue fasting for the rest of the day, nonetheless. Uh, what's unique about Tainus Esther, which makes it a little difficult, is that you're actually not supposed to eat until after you hear Megillah. And that's a very, very difficult thing. Uh, if it's, it's one thing if you're going to the first Megillah reading, which is pretty much exactly when the Tainus ends, so you don't even have an opportunity to eat. So fine, so it's another 40 minutes or so. But if you're not going to hear the Megillah until the second Megillah reading, so that's a good uh, hour and a half, or extra for them, more than that even. It's like, till you finish with that Megillah, it's like uh, almost almost two and a half hours after the tightness is over. So you can certainly be lenient and eat before that Megillah reading. Uh, just you shouldn't eat Mizdainas. So you should just eat like uh, your drink or, or something that's a shahakal, and that's you should stick to that. Every uh, man or woman and child, once they reach the age of Chinuch, boy and girl alike, are obligated to hear the Megillah. And hearing the Megillah means hearing every single word from Vayihibi Me'ach HaShverosh till Deir V'Shalom Chal the last two years of the Megillah. So you have to hear every mamish, every single word. And that's why it's important to stay awake, um, space in, and uh, follow as best as you can from a Chumash. And literally uh, pay attention to every word. And if you should miss a word in the middle due to some noise or whatever it is, you can read it on your own in the Chumash. Try your best um, to keep up. And uh, what sometimes I see, I mean, when, when I lane, whenever I did the laning for the women, I always tried to wait as long as possible before beginning so that nobody came late because that would basically invalidate the whole Megillah laning. But should that happen to you that you come late, uh, I... I've given this different suggestions in the past, but the real truth is that if you come late and the Balkair is in the middle of making the brachas, just just uh, 
you know, whatever you hear from the brachas is good, but then make sure you're listening by the beginning of the Megillah. Brachas are not ma'akev, so if you don't hear the brachas, it's fine, you're still yaitse. But if you start making the brachas yourself, and then you miss the first couple of words, then you try to catch up with the balkaire, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty futile. So, um, futile, so rather just, you know, skip whatever brachas you, you skipped, you missed, and just make sure you're listening uh, in the beginning. If you actually have to go to the bathroom in the middle and you actually leave, so then there's no real point coming back. So you just have to get someone else to lay in the Megillah for you. Um, during the day, when you hear Megillah, so when you hear the bracha of Shehechiyanu, you're supposed to have in mind that that Shehechiyanu should not only apply to the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah, but it should also be for the mitzvahs that we're going to be doing that day, which is Matanus Labyainim, giving tzedakah, and uh, Mishlech Manis, as well as Sudas Purim. So when you, ha- when you hear that Shehechiyanu, you should have that in mind, if possible. The bracha which is said after Mikra Megillah is Harav Es Rivenu, that is only said when it's laid with a tzibur of men. So it's specifically designed for a tzibur of ten, ten men or more, uh, but otherwise any other kind of kriya, you don't say that bracha in the end. The mitzvah of Matanus Laviyainim is to give a monetary gift to two people, and there's no clear minimum amount, um, and it's preferable to be enough money for an elementary suda. <laughs> That's very hard to know what that is. Uh, it used to be, uh, we would say, you know, a couple of dollars, and now with a couple of dollars, you can't buy an elementary anything. So, <laughs> uh, five dollars, six dollars, ten dollars, you know, it's anybody's guess. So it's ideal that at least you know the adults in the family, each one should be giving uh, around seven. Seven to ten dollars per ani, so let's say twenty dollars per adult. Um, so you know, the both both parents should be giving twenty dollars to Matanas Slavyainim, and uh, children who are bar mitzvah age, bas mitzvah age, should also ideally be doing that. And you can't use meiser money for that basic obligation of Matanas Slavyainim, which is that twenty dollars. But you could use meiser money for everything extra, well, uh, extra tzedakah that you will uh, plan on giving on Purim, which is uh, a separate concept. It's a it's a mitzvah. In general, to give tzedakah on Purim, it's a big schos, and the Rambam says, you know, it's, uh, you should be uh, divert, divert more money towards Matanus Laviyanim than you uh, are, are diverting towards the other mitzvahs of Purim. So it's a, it's a very big, it's a very big mitzvah. Uh, there's many different options to give Matanus Laviyanim, and they're all valid. You can give Matanus Laviyanim online through Yad Yehuda. You can give it to Eretz Yisrael, and they they do the timings so that it's given out while it's Purim by us. So all those options are good options, and everybody should see to it that they're Mekayim, that mitzvah, and they're your husbands can do it on your behalf as well. That's fine, but it just needs to get done. Um, the Sudas um, Purim uh, needs to begin before Shkia, which is not so hard this year because uh, Shkia is kind of late. And uh, you say Alanisim by benching, even though you finish way, well and late into the night. And the obligation is to wash and also to eat uh, a flesh of a meal. And when you forget Alanisim, whether by davening or if you forget Alanisim by, uh, by benching, you don't go back. But, uh, and even if you just finish the bracha, you don't say it at all. But you could say it at the end of Shemani Asrei. So you could say it in the, you know, after Yilaratzen, or you could say it by, by, by benching when you get to the Harachamans. You kind of create your own Harachaman of Harachaman, who yasal Ananisim, Kumashasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasasas
Mishlach Manis, by now I imagine everybody has figured out what they're going to do for Mishlach Manis. I've spoken about it in the past. Um, the point I always make is just that you should see to it that there should be something respectable in your Mishlach Manis. It doesn't have to, you only have to give one Mishlach Manis to be Yitz of the Mitzvah. So you can make uh, as many as you like full of candies and whatever, um, but you should try to have at least one Mishlach Manis, which you can give to a Rebbe or, or someone like that. Um, that's a little bit more of something that a person would actually use during a Suda or, or anything that's like more respectable. So that's, uh, that's important, that you should try to do at least one that's, that's a Mishlach Manis like that.